Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. On today's episode, we continue our Barracuda week by digging into the season that was for the forwards. Uh, We're going to be looking at kind of where all these forwards, how they finished their season and kind of what's next for them. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked on Network, where we cover your team every day. Um, all you have to do if you want to become an everyday or just follow along wherever you get podcasts, or you can watch this on YouTube as well. And we're going to be diving into, starter kind of dive into the Barracuda's uh, season. So we're going to be looking at all the forwards today, uh, but going to be going by points. So uh, Andrew Agazino, you are uh, up first but we're going to be diving into them kind of looking at where how their season went where they can kind of look to improve and what's maybe next for these guys so especially guys who are ufas or rfas or you know just kind of guys in in contract situations kind of what's next for them um so uh before we get into all that though i do want to let you guys know about our friends over at, at game time today's episode is brought to you guys by game time so download the game time app Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. And we're going to dig into, like I said, we're going to start Barracuda Week. Um, So on the old YouTube, we do have the slides. Um, I will, again, as always, make sure I've got you, the listeners, uh, well represented as well. So Andrew Agazino, uh, forward, or everybody's a forward here. Third, he'll be age 32 at the start of next year, has one year, $775,000 left on his deal. Um, last year was the leading scorer for the Kraken in 63 games, had 26 goals and 35 assists on 149 shots on goal. Um, Agazino will be back in the Sharks organization next year. Uh, he will have to pass through waivers at the beginning of the season to go back onto the Kraken, or not the Kraken, sorry, the Kraken just lost, uh, to go to the Barracuda. Um, so I don't expect anyone to pick up Andrew Agazino when they go through waivers. We see this beginning of the year, right? There's this huge transaction flood of players guy like Andrew Agazino. Um, but I, I really liked him as a captain for the Barracuda last season. Um, you know, kind of really helped solidify that top line, got to play with guys like, you know, Eklund and Gushin. And you saw those guys respond and having a guy like Andrew Agazino around um, who's been there and done it, you know, he's got over 600 um, career games in the AHL, you know, Showed some flashes in the NHL when he got a couple chances uh, last season with the Sharks, but just having a guy like that in your in your organization, especially when you have so many young players around, you know, having like Tristan Robbins learning from Andrew Agazino, that that's that's a perfect guy for Robbins to learn from, right? You know, having Goosh in there who to play on his wing. Um, you know, just having these guys who are going to be around Agazino every day um, and kind of learning how to be professionals. Um, Agazino was an underrated signing by Mike Greer and Joe Will last offseason. And I expect, I don't know if Agazino will put up the same numbers next year. You're, 
hoping he doesn't have to. You hope that some of the younger guys can can kind of take a, a, a step up. But just having a guy like that, um, you know, just you know you're getting consistently night in, night out. So um Agazino, again, will be on on should be on the Barracuda again next year. Um, don't expect, you know, anything crazy going on there. So uh next on the list, Daniel Gushin, second on the Barracuda. Um so age 21 to start next year. Um, two years left on his ELC at 828,000. 67 games at 22 goals, 23 assists, 203 shots on goal. And you really saw things click, I think, for, for Gushin in that last third of the season, right? Where, where you saw him, his game continues to develop and become a more well-rounded player um, doing, you know, not saying penalty kill stuff, but just you know, you're 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 seeing that effort like defensively. You're seeing him kind of just be a, a better player all around, and the offensive skills were there, right? Um, we know the shot, we've seen the shot, we know the dangles, we've seen the dangles on the shootouts. Um, absolutely filthy, filthy hands, but just becoming a more well-rounded player. Um, and we saw that, and we saw Gushin you know, go through a lot of crazy stuff, you know, playing what six games in seven days, right. He went the three and three, just whatever he need was asked of him. It, he responded and did it well. Um, I expect Dushin to start next year in the Barracuda. Um, I think having another season for him to continue to grow and develop and kind of be the guy next year, right? You know, we'll, as we'll get to Ekwon here in a little bit, but you know, Gushin will be should step into a top line forward role for the Barracuda next year. Um, I don't, it's, you know, huge additions draft wise. Like we know the 2020 class was a huge addition to the Barracuda team last year. You're not going to see that um, in next in the for the, the 23, 24 Barracuda um, there, most of the, the sharks kind of prospects are going to be in college or they're in Europe right now. So um, you're not going to see a, a huge influx of talent. So I, I expect Gushin to kind of take that next step and being the guy for uh, the Barracuda next year and, and kind of, again, leading the way in points for them. I, I would not be surprised if we do this, this time next year and Gushin is the points uh, leader for the Barracuda. So, Next, uh, Thomas Bordalo, who kind of had a, a season of two halves, so also age 21, has one year left on his ELC at 916,000. Again, remember he uh, burned the first, uh, they burned the, the first year, uh, getting him to come out of Michigan. Um, you know, so that was year one, last year was year two, and then next year is gonna be year three. 65 games for the Barracuda, had 22 goals, 19 assists, 160 shots on goal. Uh, we really saw Bordalo kind of do his damage on the power play, especially that one-timer, which you saw glimpses of, but last year was really, really unleashed, and they did a lot of set plays for him. But Bordalo definitely had a really strong start of the season and really kind of tailed off in the second half of the season, um, whether it's, again, the grind of going from playing 30 to 40 games in college to playing – you know, he played 65 games in the um, AHL and another, you know, I think it was a 10 to a dozen games in the NHL as well. Um, 
you know, just the grind of playing that many games, especially for uh, a guy who's used to playing 30 to 40, um, whether it was that, uh, whether they also, once Chris Colo came, they kind of moved him from center to wing. And I don't know if that's kind of his best position. I know he's a smaller guy, but I still feel like Bordolo is at his best. He's playing down the middle. You kind of, you see that creativity more. Um, so I think Bordolo going next year, I actually, I think he's going to start the season on the Barracuda, especially the way he ended his season with both the Sharks and the Barracuda. Um, I'd like to see him kind of be, let him have a chance to play that center position and continue to grow there and just be more consistent, right? Um, being, you know, just a better five on five player and not going kind of shifts where you kind of just disappear again. First year, first full year, and, and you, we, as I talked about with um, Nick Nolenberger on Monday's episode. Uh, if you didn't go listen to that, you should go check out that one. But you know, just these guys as they second year, just they they become more consistent. You don't have those kind of lapses and stuff. And we, we, like I said, we saw two different players between the first half of the season and the second half of the season with Bordeaux. So, um, I, like I said, I think next year he starts on the Barracuda, um, but he will be on the Sharks, and I wouldn't be surprised if. He plays more games um, on the Sharks than he does on the Barracuda, but I, I think they want to get him off to a good start next year. Playing on the Barracuda is probably the best way to do that. So um, before we continue uh, diving into the Barracuda season, the forward season that was and kind of what to expect for these guys going forward, I do need to take a quick break um, and talk to you guys about our friends over at Game Time. It's that time of year. It's getting nice weather. You want to go out and do more stuff. Maybe you want to go to see a Giants game, go see an A's game, um, you know, enjoy some sports, go to a theater, go to concerts, whatever it is. Um, that's where game time comes in. They make buying tickets super easy. Um, they're a fast and easy way to buy your tickets for your sports, music, comedy, theater. Um, doesn't matter. They've got you covered. They have killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantees. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I love the flash deals. So if you're like, hey, let's just go to a Giants game right now. Boom, you can go on. You can check the uh, tickets. They've got some, you know, they'll have flash deals on them to try to get them, you know, get them in your hands for a, a better price. Um, they also have images of the seat views because there's nothing worse than buying tickets. You get there and you realize you have terrible seats. Um, they have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection. Um, so they've got you covered for anything that could come up. Um, and what I really, really like you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. They get sent directly to your phone. So you don't have to dig through your email, especially if you have like a spam mail that just kind of collects everything. Um, they're right there on your phone. Good to go. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, um, so big got some big names there uh, that we covered. Um, you know, all those guys I expect to start the season on the Barracuda. Um, the next guy on our our list, um, I hopefully doesn't start the season on the Barracuda. So William Eklund, um, our Swedish son. So he'll be twenty by the the start of next season. 
Three years left, his full ELC uh, left. They were able you know, slide that contract this year because he didn't play enough NHL games. 54 uh, games played this year, has 17 goals, 24 assists, 126 shots on goal. Um, I don't expect William Eklund to be wearing a Barracuda jersey again. So um, I think the only thing is if his shoulder injury is a uh, you know maybe a little slow to rehab from that maybe they start him on the barracuda but you can pencil him into the opening night lineup for for him um with his time with the barracuda a little slow to get started and then once he kind of figured out that pro game you really kind of that middle november right around thanksgiving you really saw him kind of take off and start to become what we've expected from Eklund. and i think we'll continue to see that He's, of course, scored his first goal in the NHL last year, and I think the confidence that's going to build for him, for him, right? You've seen him start to score more and more. We know about his playmaking. We know about his creativity. Um, you know, I, I know there's worries about his size. I'm not worried at all. There was a fluke injury with the shoulder there where just a guy hit him at the wrong angle. That could happen to anybody. I mean, Kevin LeBanc, it happened to Kevin LeBanc, you know, last season, basically the exact same play, right? That's that's just a hockey play that tends to happen sometimes. So, um, but Eklund, again, you saw him play everything, shorthanded, power play, um, five on five, whatever they needed. And that that's building that foundation for when he continues to, when he goes into the NHL. And, you know, we saw David Quinn even like, give him opportunities. We saw him on the power play. He played Eklund a lot last year. I know the season was done, but um, you know, and that, that's always been our big question with, with David Quinn is how is he going to treat these young guys? Um, hopefully he's learned from previous mistakes and you see a guy like William Eklund get the leash that he deserves going forward. I know he's going to be a little bit older uh, than some of those Rangers uh, prospects that he had to deal with, but um, I fully expect we, we, we hopefully, Sorry, guys. Hopefully we don't see William Eklund in a, a Barracuda jersey again. He's placed for the Sharks going forward, um, and he can will continue to be awesome and prove why he was a top-10 pick and why he's going to be a cornerstone piece for this uh, Sharks organization going forward. Great AHL season. Um, let's see him do it again next year in the NHL. So next, uh, Tristan Robbins. Uh, he'll be 21 at the age of next year. Has two years left on his ELC in 64 games, has 17 goals, 21 assists, 137 shots on goal. Uh, pretty similar numbers to Eklund in a, you know, uh, definitely played some more games as well, though, um, to get his, you know, taste of the NHL at the end of the season. Uh, with Robbins, again, kind of the same thing, right? Great start to the, the season. Middle third of the season definitely disappeared. And then he came on strong uh, down the stretch, you know, and got that that bump into the NHL for a little bit. So um, kind of like we talked about Bordelow, a lot of these guys is just being that consistent player night in and night out. And I expect Robbins to spend another year in the AHL next year, um, you know, kind of continue to develop and work in that consistency, you know, and hopefully Robbins, if Robbins – has the season we type of expect. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Goosh and Robbins leading the, the Barracuda and scoring next year. And maybe Robbins is pushing towards being a point per game player. Um, you know, we know the shot. Uh, we've seen the, the, the skills when it comes to being, you know, um, a playmaker. Now we just need to see it night in, night out type of situation and, and continue to work on playing shorthanded, work on playing the power play, all that stuff. So um, expect Robbins to be on the, the Barracuda next year. And then the following year should be pushing for an NHL job. So 
All right, Jeff Reveal, uh, he'll be 26. He's actually UFA. Uh, so if he doesn't want to come back to the Sharks, they don't, uh, he doesn't have to come back to the Sharks. But he uh, had 60 in 60 games last year, 15 goals, 16 to 6, 137 shots on goal. Um, Vial's interesting to see what they want to do. I think he, at this point, he's kind of just a career AHL guy. Um, I know he looks, you know, he looks solid in with his time, short time with the sharks. And, you know, but I, I think that's just kind of his path right now is just kind of being a career AHL guy. Be interesting to see if he goes to another place where maybe he gets more of an NHL shot, but um, I would like him, I'd be happy to bring him back, but most, you know, with the expectation that he is going to spend most of his season in the, with the Barracuda. And then if you need a, a guy who can kind of come up and play for in a pinch, you pull him forward. Um, but yeah, he would have to kind of like same thing with Agazino. He would have to go through waivers. So um, interesting decision. I think he probably moves on to, to greener pastures and maybe tries to find a place where he can compete for an NHL job um, or has a better opportunity to compete for an NHL job. So um jeff reveal though scored a scored a natty hattie <laughs> all right cj sees another one of those uh kind of career ahl guys um bear that uh the sharks brought in last year he'll be 29 to start the season uh played 46 games this year had 10 goals 12 assists 59 shots on goal pretty uh pretty good shooting percentage there but missed a good chunk of the season i believe it was a shoulder injury or an upper body injury um you know Definitely kind of your third line center type of guy for the Barracuda. Um, I don't know if they bring him back or not. Seems like a good locker room type of guy, all that uh, that stuff. So, um, but, you know, we, we kind of know what CJC says, right? He, he's bottom six type of guy. Good guy to have around with some of your younger guys, especially if you want to pair him with like an Ozzy Weisblatters or something like that. But, um, you know, I think if, they, if he wants to be, be back on an, like an AHL deal only cool. If not, then, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other kind of guys that you can find just like him going forward. So um, we'll do one more before we take our break. Calcris Colo, who the Sharks acquired uh, for Jasper Weatherby. Uh, he'll be 31 at the start of the season. He is a UFA uh, played 32 games with the Barracuda had 12 goals, seven assists, 90 shots on goal. Um, I would 100% try to bring, Kyle Criscolo back, um, you know, if you have to sign him and then run him through waivers again, um, just was a huge addition to this team down the stretch, um, you know, really provided stability along that second line. You know, we, we saw Adam Dragazino and then Kyle Criscolo as the two C. Um, if you have, if Robbins kind of takes that two C job and you have, you know, Agazino, Robbins, Criscolo down the center, like that's, that's not a bad you know, AHL team there. So um, really kind of fit in with, with the team, you know, at, at the stretch, especially after the trade again, just another one, like Andrew Gazino, just another one of those guys who's a professional. He's been there. He's done it. He's kind of seen it all type of situations. Um, if I was Joe will in my career, I would be, you know, trying to get a deal done to bring him back um, this, this off season, because I think he's a, I think he's just a good guy to have around the Barracuda organization. And again, just, you can just sign these guys to one-year deals and kind of play it by years after that. So, um, but yeah, great, great addition to the Barracuda really, you know, pushed and helped them and kind of, as that team was kind of wandering, especially the middle of the season was really kind of helped them write the ship down in the stretch. So just a little bit too little, too late for the, the Barracuda. So um, before 
we continue um, kind of finish up the forward group do need to take a quick break um, and talk to you guys about our old friends at athletic greens um, if you want to kind of get control of your health get control of your stomach just everything you know your stomach kind of is, is a very important part of, of your health um that's where athletic greens comes in keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard you're busy you're stuck at your desk you eat whatever you can just to get through the day what if i could start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional insurance with a single scoop of ag1 and across the water you can do all that and absorb 75 high quality vitamins minerals and whole food source superfoods probiotics and aptogens to help start your day right Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up with a complicated uh, supplement routine to recover. It cost him about 100 bucks a day, which just isn't sustainable. Uh, he created Athletic Greens with experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own and all for just three bucks a day. So right now it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. To make it super easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So uh, as we continue to kind of get to uh, get through the, the, the forwards here, uh, let's jump back in with Luke Johnson. Uh, another one of those guys that the, the Barracuda signed um, as a, a, you know, a, in the off season, um, 67 games, 10 goals, eight assists, 89 shots on goal. Kind of was a, another one of those bottom, you know, six type of guys. Um, I think I know the, the Barracuda aren't going to be having a huge influx of an, a talent next season, but, you know, I feel like if you want to have Johnson back, you can, but I, I feel like there's plenty of other guys willing to kind of take that next step for the Barracuda um, going into next season. And while Luke Johnson did a lot of kind of special teams, uh, you know, especially like penalty kill stuff, I, I feel like there's just some other guys I'd rather kind of see get a look going forward. So, um, yeah, Luke Johnson did have a – I liked his his shootout style. He just was like no nonsense, boom, and it seemed to work for him. So, all right, Brandon Coe, uh, forward – 21 one year left on his $850,000 ELC. He's an interesting guy because um, he had 56 games and he only scored five goals and 11 assists with 42 shots on goal. And I thought Co would just kind of really hit the ground running. I think that was one of the kind of the things I was most wrong about, especially um, how well he played in his juniors. You know, we saw him play in the AHL during the COVID season um, and it just, Never, it just didn't really click for him. He struggled to kind of gain ice time last season. Um, was really just, you know, like just wasn't kind of what we, we expected and didn't really kind of solidify um, himself going forward. So I think for Co, it's important to really do that right next off next season and solidify yourself as an every night type of player um, and not kind of in and out of the lineup type of situation. So, you know, I feel like. On the Barracuda, he's more, he should be like a middle six type of guy. Um, you know, maybe your second line if, if he's playing with either Chris Cole or Robbins type of situation. But, you know, I think 
getting used to kind of the speed and, and the intensity of the uh, pro league, um, having a, another season it will do him wonders. And um, for him, don't expect him in the NHL next year. Uh, I think we want to kind of like with a lot of these other younger guys is um, for him winning that kind of night in night out, winning the, the, the confidence of the coaching staff and being an everyday player. That needs to be what Brandon Coe's goal is, is being an everyday player and, and shooting more. I mean, we know Brandon Coe can score. Um, having 42 shots on in 56 games, that just doesn't feel Coe-like. So I, I would be an everyday player, and I think shooting more is going to help him kind of succeed a lot more. So, you know, I'm going to kind of with his confidence too and kind of be that, that guy that we expect from him. So... Um, Ozzy Weisblatt, um, so he'll be 21 at the beginning of next year. He's got two years left on the $835,000 deal as ELC. Uh, played 45 games, kind of like Co. same thing, where he really kind of struggled with being a kind of in there every night. Uh, did have six goals, nine assists on 43 shots on goal. Um, and I think for him, the pathway we, we saw really struggled beginning the season, was sent to the ELC for a short period, didn't uh, – it's not the EL, EHL um, – for a short period, it was got sent to Wichita. Didn't play any games there, but, um, you know, was in the press box most nights to begin the season. And really, you know, again, just going from that junior, that jump from juniors to, to the AHL. And it's, I think it was a little bit tougher on him than we kind of expect. I, I still think he is a perfect Mike Greer type of player. We see the, the tenacity, we see the forechecking, you know, we see the skill that he has combined with that stuff. Um, Kind of like Co, right? Next year he should be an everyday type of player uh, for the Barracuda, playing in that middle six, and you know, it was averaging almost a shot a uh, game on goal. Um, I like to kind of see him continue to develop that offense and just building on the confidence of you know being a, a professional hockey player night in and night out. So um, I would love to see him like on a third line if you had like um, Wiseblatt. Uh, Chris Colo, and then, you know, even like Co, or where it's just kind of a, a bigger, nastier line that's got some skill, like sign me up for that. That sounds intriguing. I am, I am all for something like that and let these guys continue to, to grow. Um, don't expect to see Ozzy in the NHL next year. I think a full year in the AHL being kind of that guy and, you know, kind of being a professional, it's probably the best for, for Ozzy next year or so. Martin Kaut, who the Sharks acquired in the uh, Ryan Merkley trade. So 24, he is an RFA. Um, so the Sharks do own his rights. Um, I think, hold on, I can actually tell you why I pulled this up. I checked it the other day, but Bobby Hockey did put out their contract projections, and I'll probably do a uh, uh, bit more on this here in an episode coming up. But um, so... Martin Kaut is expected to sign a two-year – hold on. Where was it at? Martin Kaut, uh, one year – sorry. He's expected a one-year 905000 So basically a million dollars uh, next season. Um, he did have 19 goals, three uh, – 19 games, three goals, 11 assists, and 63 shots on goal. Um I I liked Cout what I saw from him. I would uh I think having a full off season in the program, you know, with trades, it can be a little bit difficult for some guys just kind of fitting in the system right away, especially for Cout who kind of bounced around between the Sharks and the Barracuda. Um so he'll be one of those guys going into the training camp where he has a chance to win a, a job in with the San Jose, or if 
he'll have to most likely pass. I think he will have to uh, pass through waivers from going forward now. Um, trying to pull it up. Um, yeah, he will have to pass through waivers um, going forward. So I can see him, you know, starting the season on the Barracuda. And if he starts the season hot, if he starts well, uh, and then making the jump to the to the Sharks, or just kind of being one of the, a yo-yo type of guy for the Sharks next season where he's bounced between the two. But, you know, a big guy, um, I like to see him use his size a little bit more. But, you know, I, I think a, a line with like, um, if you put him on a line with Robbins on your second line, I think you'd be feeling, you know, that that's kind of a nice diversity there on, on that line. Or if you want to put him on the top line uh, with like Agazino or and, and Gushin, um, that feels like a, a, a you know good fit for those guys, kind of some diversity on there. So um, he won't probably want to, ex- don't expect Cal to get a, a, I expect him to get like a one year uh, RFA deal and you kind of play kind of keep going forward with him and see if you can figure out what, what you have in him. So um, as we start to finish this up, Adam Raska, uh, 22 has one year left on his ELC last year. He played 54 games, had four goals, seven assists, 57 shots on goal. Um, it'll be interesting what they do with Raska going forward, who, you know, uh, kind of in and out of the lineup type of situation. Um, and I'm, I wonder if if he's in the Sharks' future, to be honest. Um, we know he's he's a pest and he's pesky, but I, I think I'd rather just have Ozzy Weisbot, who can kind of bring that edge and also has more skill and talent. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Raska is like part of a trade at some point uh, where you maybe have to match a contract and you just kind of have put him in a throw-in. Um, we know, like I said, we know what type of player he is. He's a, you know, very much to the edge type of player. He's willing to kind of fight and do whatever he needs to do. Um, but I just, I don't know what his future is with the sharks. And like I said, I, I think he might be part of a, a, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends the season with a different team. So in the next season, so that's just my guess who knows, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I just don't know how, where he fits. So, um, and finally Max uh, Rano, who the Sharks signed uh, out of the SHL last season, who be 27 uh, UFA 31 games, one goal, eight assists, 38 shots on goal. Missed a lot of the season due to injury. Um, very disappointing, especially after he was the MVP in the SHL. And then he comes over here and scores nine points in 31 games. Um, I honestly think he is probably going to go back to the SHL. That would be my guess. Um, you know, Go back over there and score a bunch of goals over there. Um, so, yeah, just never really kind of fit with – I don't know if he kind of fits, and I think you found guys like Chris Golo um, to kind of do the same job uh, as Max Verona. So um, you never know. You all, you take those flyers. You never know where those, these type of guys could, could potentially pan out. Um, you know, it was a lottery ticket, and it looks like, unfortunately, it didn't, uh, didn't do anything. So um, – that's kind of it for the the main guys here. Um, so some of the other just guys to kind of keep an eye on going forward. So, um, you know, you, you have guys who are, we'll see what they do. Like uh, Nathan Burke, who, you know, I thought he had, he looked good, had a couple of moments at the end of the season. Um, you have a guy like Connor McKeeran, you know, who is uh, who's on the roster right now. So a couple of these guys, they, they played a few games here and there at the end of the season. We'll see where they kind of fit in going forward. Um, you know, but like the, the Sharks are 
you know, then you also have guys like um, Mitch, uh, Mitchell Russell, who basically missed the entire season with an injury. Um, who's also kind of in the mix here too. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where, where they, these guys shake out in training camp and heading into next season. So um, I think this, Barracuda four team. I, I think they're probably still another piece or way or two on, on the four groups, but you got to feel really good about where they're kind of sitting at right now. So um, that'll be it for me today. Uh, thank you guys for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Um, proudly a part of the Locked On Network where we cover your team every day. If you want to be an everydayer, just come back tomorrow. Our good friend Hattie is back. We profile Jaden Perron, and then I get his thoughts on the uh, Mitchkov versus Carlson versus Smith debate and where he would go if he was uh, general manager Mike Greer. So we talk about that tomorrow as well. So um, just make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube. Follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Lockdown Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at MyFryHole. And until tomorrow, bye, friends.